So it's time for us to start the next one. Well, I'm totally, totally good here. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm ever so good. I'm so clear. <laughs> Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. listeners to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa and my co-host here is Wendy and we are here with Kate. Kate! Yay! Which means that two of the three of us are roller girls and we are drinking and it is an even numbered episode which means we have been drinking and for a so, sustained amount of time yeah before we even started this so Success. Mm-hmm. you know this is going to just keep getting better and better right that's right. what's going to happen here so we're we're relaxed <laughs> <laughs> our lips are purple yes yeah <laughs> we we have girl scout cookies but we won't eat them while we're podcasting we promise because we've learned our lesson we have learned our lesson <laughs> there's a cake in the house that may not survive but yes we we are ready we are here we are a bit tipsy something like that we're gonna have a podcast <laughs> what are we drinking we are drinking we are drinking um bodega tamari reserva i don't even know what that means malbec okay it's a malbec they got. Yes, it's from Argentina. It's Argentinian. Like a lot of Malbecs are. I love to say Argentinian. It's one of my favorite <laughs> words. Our previous wine this evening was also an Argentinian Malbec. Argentinian yeah, Malbecs so are the best Malbecs because they're Argentinian. We are all about Argentina tonight. This is a very nice and attractive label. I find yeah, it I aesthetically it pleasing. I would buy this one on the label. Yes. Yeah. Which is how I buy wine. Yes. Needless to say, it's a Malbec. Once again, we're drinking red wine. We drink a lot of red wine. If you ever want to give us a gift, red wine. Yeah, I should just put up a donate button. Donate red wine. Donate eight dollars. That'll buy us a bottle. <laughs> Someone not... is going to send you some UB forty. <laughs> <laughs> We're not picky about our red wines. Eight dollars will do it, right? Eight to twelve. Eight to, tw- eight to twelve. Wow, twelve. That's getting yeah. fancy. No, fifteen is fancy. What? Yeah. All right. So, hey, what are we talking about tonight, Melissa? We're talking about Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, so do I. ryan johnson film director uh he happens to go to buttonumathon so wendy and i have run into him i've actually met him yes like been physically near him and been like oh you're that hi um don't say anything don't be a dork i had a conversation dude (laughs) impossible (laughs) dude i've gotten past that with elijah wood elijah wood and i can totally just be like near each other and be like hey what'd you think of the movie yeah it was cool excellent yeah Hey, you know, I do roller derby. Yeah, that's cool. Excellent. Can I take your picture for my team? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All of that is true. Ryan Johnson, I haven't quite gotten there yet. 
He's totally nice. He's a nice guy. It's yeah. not, it's not his fault. I just get awkward. Yeah, I do. I I, I, I have had a conversation with him. Oh, really? It, it well, was about beer. <laughs> so if you're awkward, imagine the rest of us. I mean, <laughs> I get I get I get oh. super awkward around like when I get fanny, like fangirly. I'm all like. Huh? Don't say, don't be stupid. I'm so aware that I'm going to be awkward that I like go plaid into awkward. I'm just, awkward. <laughs> I can even look people in the eye when I'm having a real conversation with them, and I know them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's one of your more endearing traits. <laughs> Uh, okay, wait. If you didn't know before, Koli, Kate, Kate is one of my roller derby teammates. She's my co-captain. I know her as she, Koli. She's joining us for this episode as well. This is her second episode. So good on her for sticking it out. And uh, yeah, so there. That's and, and also she's a doctor. Yeah, she's a doctor. <laughs> Which means she's a PhD. Yes. <laughs> Piled higher and deeper. <laughs> True story. Um, the bangers once put together uh, comedy lines. Basically, okay, you write lines for roller derby with five players each mm-hmm. based on like who's going to be good working together and a good jammer to score the points well we got a little silly two seasons ago yeah yeah and uh the captains coli was one of them put together lines and one of them was doctor who because we have a lot of nerds on the bangers so mm-hmm. all of the doctor who fans were on a, a line together okay there was the star trek line yeah, there's a trekkie line and there was the doctors and lawyers line because we had enough phds and lawyers nice to put together a whole derby line yes. and i was super proud that we are not only geeks but nerds yes oh, excellent that's my team i'm so proud doctors and lawyers okay so let's go back to ryan johnson now yeah. so ryan johnson uh has at this point in time, at the point of recording, has released three feature films. Now, he had done other things prior to this. Right. He was editor on a little movie called May. A favorite of ours. That we love. Have you seen May? No. I should show it to you. You would like it. Do you like horror films? Yeah. Yeah, you would like May. Oh, yes. May, May, dear listeners, if you haven't heard our uh, previous episode where we, you know, Talked wonderful things about it. Um, Waxed rhapsodic, I believe is the term. Yes, I believe so. May is a little horror film by Lucky McKee starring Angela Bettis as this very socially awkward young woman who who works in a veterinary office. And is just looking for a friend. Just looking for a friend. And she's got a crush on this guy that she really likes, but... In, and he's kind of interested in her, kind of fascinated by her and kind of the, she's kind of really kind of I'm fascinated but, and weirded out by you. A little weirded time. out, but, you know, they start to have some chemistry together, but then it doesn't work out and she starts freaking out about it. And and the, the beautiful thing about May in the way that Wendy and I saw it is that when we saw it, we were told nothing about it. 
Yeah. Like, we had no idea. We didn't know it was a horror film. We didn't know anything about it. it we just went in cold. And Sometimes so, going in blind is the best. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. And this one is fantastic because um, if you don't know where it's going, it goes extraordinary places. But, you know, it's this wonderful character study and a wonderful... Um, a performance from Angela Bettis, and it, it's kind of funny. It's it's got um, some very funny moments. Oh yeah, um, Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris is in it, and S- Jeremy Sisto is that his name? Yes, Sisto yeah. or Sisko. Sisto, I think it is. Sisto, yeah. Yes, and he's uh, an attractive man. Oh, he oh he is. He's got great hair, jaws. Also, yes. jaws. And uh, but yeah, no, it, it's a delightful movie. But um, as I found out this weekend. Ryan Johnson was editor on the movie. Because, okay, here's how this played out. The first movie that Ryan Johnson released as director slash writer was... Brick. Brick. And so Melissa and I got together to watch Brick for our other podcasting project, Film Noir. Real Education. Real Education Film Noir. Mm Mm-hmm. So we were watching it as an example of film noir. And here is this masterful film right out of the gate by what is supposedly a, quote, novice filmmaker Mm because it's his first film. And I'm like, there is no fucking way this is his first film. No way. Oh, he also edited May. (laughs) And and right about that time. The character of May walks across the screen <laughs> in Brick. <laughs> you haven't seen May, so you wouldn't no, have recognized right. that Angela Bettis does a very short cameo. Just huh. do, 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 She just walks across the screen. You're like You're dragging the cooler behind her during the costume party scene. Okay. And, and it's like, oh, hey, look, that's. <laughs> huh. ah. So, yes, Ryan Johnson Now, even so, I feel like obviously he'd been working in the industry if he was an editor. Mm -hmm. And he probably has some other credits to his name. Well, the the, the thing with Brick. You don't just come out with a script like Brick without... Well, he had a long time to hone it because he wrote the the script in the late 90s. And And I would say that Brick is, you know, because you can say that about writers that when they have a lot of time to develop their first project and then Mm -hmm. their sophomore slump, right? Yeah. Except his fucking sophomore slump was... It was Brothers Bloom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, um, no. And then his third film is Looper. yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about Ryan Johnson, who has three films to his credit to date, and all of them are kind of amazing. And they 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 have a definite personality to them, and they're they're fun to watch. And I I I think Brick is very interesting in that the the script was written like 1997-ish, which means it kind of came in the wake of the big indie boom that was, you know, pushed ahead by Pulp Fiction and Tarantino. So, like, all of a sudden, these really poppy, really creative movie scripts that could be produced with a really low budget were coming out. And I think that is initially what spawned Brick. But then it took six years to get funding for it. So then it turned into a movie that was released in, what, 2005? I think so. Yeah. I'll look it up. You yeah, keep going. I, I'm pretty sure that's right. So you keep going. Yeah. And and Brick is such an um, unusual movie. <laughs> it's now, so good. It is so good. Yes. 2005. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, it, it is pretty much a straight up Dashiell Hammett film noir, except yes. it's set at a high school. Yeah. <laughs> and that is what makes it delightful. So it is kind of a crossover with it's our true. previous topic <laughs> yeah. with you oh, yeah, of totally. high school teen movies, except it's not a comedy. No. Also, oh. however, featuring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yay! <laughs> also, and he's he's kind of a mop top with his hair kind of in his eyes, and he's so adorable. He is. Mm-hmm. Oh he's God. very handsome, in this and movie. and his hair is so fluffy, and I just want to pet him. <laughs> and then he just gets progressively more bloodied up. And oh, he does. <laughs> just gets smacked around. Oh, what I love about this movie, and I'm I have the benefit of just having watched it a couple of days ago, is. How surreal the comedy gets. Yeah. Unapologetically. And for all that it is surreal, it is also reality. Like, you know, but you know people who lived like that. And so as much Mm -hmm. as you're laughing at it, you're like, but I I knew people like that. And they really did do that shit. (laughs) Well, also the, um, I, I think... You know, now that I've been stewing it over after watching it a couple days ago, Brick kind of comes from this place where, um, like in high school, everything is so serious, everything is so dramatic, and every everything has meaning. Well, it, when it, I mean, and, your your life is so small. Yeah. And so all of these things they really are huge to yeah. you when you're in high school. Well, absolutely, and and using that to kind of fuel this super arch film noir plot and dialogue yes you know and it's super super serious and and the movie goes on for like half an hour 45 minutes before it starts adding in some levity because it could not possibly sustain that tone throughout its entire running time without really kind of fatiguing the viewer and once it starts feeding in the the scenes where, you know, once it has stewed long enough, then you start getting the scenes where it's like, oh, oh no, really, that this is, we'll, we'll put in some levity and show just, we know exactly how arch and how over the top this whole thing is, because isn't this ridiculous? <laughs> the scene where he gets pulled in by the assistant vice principal. And it plays out like a cop talking to a narc. <laughs> well, because he's talking to Shaft. Yeah. He's talking to Shaft. And he's like, look, look, you got to let me go. And you can't keep pulling me in because you're going to blow my cover. And yeah. I'm working a thing. And I need you to just back off and trust that no matter what you may hear, I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. So don't come kicking in my homeroom door. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to be wearing a trench coat with a fedora. Yes. Yes. Smoking like a chimney. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just, and, and he's, oh God, it's so hilarious. That whole scene is hilarious. And then there's the awkward humor, like when he, when he steps into the van to talk to the kingpin (sighs) and the kingpin is sitting in an armchair and next to him is a, a end table with like a 70s lamp with a shade on it, all of it yeah. in a van. And the, and the shade is just kind of rocking. And as they're <laughs> driving, because the they're in a van, and as they're driving, the shade is sort of jostling about. <laughs> and the kingpin is just sitting in this armchair like, I'm so cool. With the king. And, and he's old, like 26. He's totally yeah. old, like 26. <laughs> 
And I mean, when you were in high school, that was really old. Oh, yeah. Ancient. Fucking ancient. Yeah. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt, because there's no place else to sit down, is just sort of standing bent awkwardly to the side the way you do in vans because you can't stand all the way up well maybe you could i don't know oh, oh snap short jokes <laughs> comedy gold oh and yeah. the and the best part is that they they go he like he's on the phone he's like oh wait no something's happening he hangs up he gets in the van he stands awkwardly while the kingpin talks to him from his armchair and then the car comes around and lets him out exactly where he got in yes. which means all they did was go driving around the parking lot yes. And when she realized that, it's ridiculous. It's even more ridiculous. There is oh, so much yeah. comedy, laugh out loud comedy, and all this stuff with um, Tug. I kind of love the character of Tug. Tug is so great. What I love about Tug is when you step back and just and and divorce yourself from the noir aspects mm-hmm. and just look at it as a high school drama Mm -hmm. you knew somebody like tug Mm -hmm. and they were so fucking awkward and they were trying so hard to be tough and trying so hard to hide how weird their home life was and oh oh, it was weird i'm gonna cover it up with my cool car and the fact that i can punch you really hard so you don't have to notice the fact that i am dumb as a box of rocks and i do not know what's going on Oh my god. The genesis of this particular episode happened because Kate had mentioned she really loved Brick and yeah. it was like, oh, we could we could talk a lot about Brick and other films of Ryan Johnson. What draws so, you to Brick? One of my favorite things actually, um, and I think it, it goes to the sort of film noir aspect, is that the colors are so washed out mm-hmm. in the film, and I love that, right? It 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 brings you back to that style of movie. You know, it, it goes with sort of the the bleak feeling of the whole sort of, you know, murder mystery story that's going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you wash it out so far that you're practically in a black and white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that, And that's something that I think is really unique. Like, it's not... I had never... When I watched that, I had never seen that in a movie before. So... I need I to show you payback. You will love love the shit out of Payback. You will laugh your ass off at Payback. I have so many movies that I need to watch. No, (laughs) There are a lot of movies you need to, quote, need to watch. I I need to get the flu or something so I get to stay home for like a week. I I want to show you Payback. There's lots of movies you, quote, need to watch. I want to show you Payback. I want to watch you watch Payback because I think you will love Payback. There's some voyeuristic going on. Yeah. Because half the fun of showing people movies is watching them watch it and being like, eh? Yeah, that's true. That's that's that type of fun. Is there a lot of voiceover? Because we were talking about that while watching Mm -hmm. Looper. There really is. I don't remember the... Because mostly what he does is he talks at Brain or Brain talks at him. Yeah. And there's a fan theory that Brain is actually him. Like, oh. brain's part of his brain. Uh. I don't... Mm, that's getting... Yeah, I know, I know. I don't buy that shit. That's I getting know. too deep, because all of us knew that geek in high school who could find out shit. Oh, yeah, but there's that final shot in the movie where brain walks out behind him and it looks like he's coming out of his head, and then he goes back into his head. And he doesn't come out the other side. He just goes into his head. That's reaching. I know. Hmm. No. That's okay. I'm, I'm drunken. I don't care. 
Okay, so let's see. The plot, it starts with Joseph Gordon-Levitt kneeling next to the body of his ex-girlfriend who is dead. It goes back, and then it says, two days previous. And we go back, and she leaves a note for him, and then he calls her payphones. Again, yeah. mm-hmm. seriously dating this. There are no payphones anymore. Are you kidding me? He calls her. She calls him on a payphone. I need help. No, wait, maybe I don't. I'm scared. What's going on? And then he spends the next two days looking for her and asking around and and running through all his contacts. Like, have you seen her? What's going on? And this is how you get introduced to the various people in this world, like his ex-ex-girlfriend who's in theater and is... She's like the informant. Yeah. And And she's always got somebody kneeling at her feet doing something Something. we don't know they're off they're off they're out of frame (laughs) but then she talks to them they get up and they scurry away and you're like what exactly was going on there i don't unknown i don't know i don't know how i feel about that maybe it was good maybe it's bad we're gonna leave that alone and so he's trying to find out where she is and then eventually he puts together he finds her body ah now i'm gonna figure out who killed her because revenge and justice and shit so he uncovers who the, is the kingpin of all the drug dealing going on at the high school. He's some old guy. He's like 26. And, played, he, has a, and he looks like Barnabas Collins. And he has, played by Lucas Haas. Yes. With a little capelet. Yeah. And, and a club foot. And a cane that looks like a duck. Yes. And a cane. And a mother who serves everybody milk and cookies. Because he's still and living in his mom's basement. And there's wood paneling everywhere. Yeah. And, and a yeah. 70s lamp. Oh, my God. And a pitcher that looks like a chicken. <laughs> and the way, and so he finds that, and then he works the angles to get the two to figure it out, and then they fight. And then he finds out that the girl he thought he who liked him, but he didn't really trust, he shouldn't have trusted because she was in on it on the whole time. Yeah. And he exposes her. And it's a noir plot. And yeah. that's not why you watch this shit. It really isn't. My favorite thing about the movie is that at the end... He's like, you did it because he meets up with the girl and he's like, you did it. And she's like, what? How could you? And he's like, do you want me to tell you a story? And everybody in the audience is like, yes, could you please tell me a story? Please explain this to me because I have not put the pieces together yet. He's like, well, here are the pieces and I'm going to put them together for you. Boop, 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 boop. A plus B equals C and D. Yeah, it's like the big sleep, only better summarized. Yeah. And so he basically summarizes everything, puts all the dots together, and delivers the fuck you to the girl in the last moments. And then, oh, but she takes it all away by delivering a fuck you to him. Ah, oh, and so nobody wins and nobody's happy. But really why you're watching this film is because the script is crackling mm-hmm. and the characters are fantastic it's pretty great mm-hmm. i love it when tug i forget why but tug comes out of nowhere and punches his lights out literally like he punches him and he falls down and he blacks out but he spots tug's car before this happens so later on he sees the car and he's like that car i associate with bad things <laughs> i'm gonna grab this giant brick And I'm going to bash its window in. And he's standing next to it with a brick over his head, getting ready to bash it in. And he looks up 
And there's a dude <laughs> Tug. way far away. And he is just power walking towards him like and with this look on his face like, oh, I'm going to fuck your shit up. I'm going to fuck you up. And it flashes to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Brendan, in the story. And he's got it over the brick over his head. And he's like, maybe I want to still? No, I don't think I want to ask for even more trouble. I'm going to put it down. But... I'm going to stand here by this car because I want to talk to this guy because this guy knows the kingpin and I want to meet the kingpin. I want Mm -hmm. to get to the bottom of this. I want to meet the kingpin. I want to get involved. I'm going to stand here. And then go back to Tug and he's got that that lower jaw jutting out and he's power walking up. And they come back to Brennan. Brennan's getting more like, I hope this goes well. (laughs) And then Tug comes up and it's the best comedy for like three minutes. Tug punches him out and tries to get in the car but while he's trying to get in the car brendan like staggers back to his feet and repeats i want to meet the pin tug turns it around and beats the shit out of him tries to get in the car brendan staggers to his feet i want to meet the pin and tug peels out in the car and brendan's standing there like uh, so, uh, and then the car turns around <laughs> and starts speeding towards him. And it, and there's a great shot of Brendan where he's standing there and you can see him go, I might die. Fuck it. I'm going to play this out. He sort of hunkers down and then the car whooshes by barely on the side of him, squeals to a halt, tug gets out. I'll take you to meet the pen. <laughs> it's so good. I know my description doesn't do it justice. Fuck you. Fuck you. I wanted to talk about it because it made me happy. Fuck you. It made me happy. I loved that scene so hard. But it's sort of the ridiculousness of it. Yeah, because it is the way he keeps knocking him down and he keeps getting yeah. up and knocking him down. Well, I love I love the moment up. where it's just the hand goes. Oh yeah. <laughs> When Tug gets in the car to drive away, he can't get up at the last time and he's just batting at the window with his hand like, excuse me, I still want to meet the pin, but I can't say that because I'm fucked up. I can't even get up the ground. Bat, bat. Oh, my God. Because we watched it with somebody who'd never seen it and she was howling with laughter at various points. Allie loved it. Because it's laugh out loud funny. And it's not even really, it's not the script. Like when you watch Juno, the script is so fucking biting and clever. Mm -hmm. But with this, it's really the visuals that are funny more than the script. The script isn't funny in itself other than that it's got that snap. It reminds me a lot of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Mm -hmm. with how snappy the script is. I feel like Ryan Johnson and Shane Black should do a project together and I would be so happy. That would be hot. So happy. That would be hot. So moving on from Brick, we have Brothers, Brothers Bloom. Bloom. The only one who's seen it now is... Is me. I was going to watch it. I'm sorry, you listeners. Should. I got okay. busy. Dear I listeners. Bad. Dear listeners, Brothers Bloom right now is on Netflix. It is. It, and that's why I was totally going to watch it. Easy to get at. And um, as you were talking about Sophomore Slump, very solid film. I will say it is the least favorite of mine of the trio of films. So this is, you know, the middle ground in between Looper and Brick. But no, 
totally delightful movie. It is a movie about conmen. There is a, a pair of conmen brothers played by Adrian Brody and Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> What's not to like about that? I know, right? So oh. they're, yeah, so one, you know, of course. Sexy times too. If you yeah. like them skinny and kind of, I'll say it, Jewish. <laughs> you, you got adrian brody because you know what i'm talking about the skinny yeah. sexy oh, yeah. right yeah. yeah adrian brody looks to me like a sad doberman yeah the skinny okay, se- that's fair. The, yeah it's the, the skinny nose. sexy yeah. jew in the long yeah the long and, and also like if if you did piss him off he might cut a bitch but you know mostly he just has a sad doberman look yeah but you yeah, feel like fair. um he'd know what to do with his hands Oh, yes. Okay, and then Mark Ruffalo, much more the sort of... He has uh, long fingers. Yeah, low, sort of low-rent brawler. Yeah. More thuggy, like mm-hmm. pick you up, throw you on the bed, right? Hot. Mark Ruffalo's hot. I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but yes, yeah, so so you have these two guys as con men, very well-dressed con men, and they... Um, Decide that their next mark is going to be this um, very rich, reclusive young woman who basically was raised inside a house and hasn't been out much. So she has this palatial mansion and she seems kind of odd because they first see her and she's like on the front lawn and like playing a harp and, and stuff. And she doesn't seem all that normal but nothing in this movie seems all quite that normal so they um they decide note they discover played by rachel wise yes rachel wise the beautiful rachel wise the beautiful and wonderful and very very funny rachel wise um they decide that adrian brody is you know he's he's kind of disgruntled in this con man role mark ruffalo is really into the into the con man thing and and adrian brody's kind of like i kind of want more from life and so mark ruffalo decides that the best cons are really where everybody gets what they want so he figures that he'll send adrian brody off to romance the young woman and maybe maybe they'll fall in love or something like that but you know he'll he'll get some sort of value out of this experience and they will give her the time of her life and get her out of the house and you know give her a great adventure and then get rich <laughs> so and take her money and get rich yeah pretty much so adrian brody goes up and allows himself to get hit by her car and you know she like wrecks her ferrari on him and so she wheels him up to her house and he he learns that she collects hobbies (laughs) so she's like so infinitely bored that she just decides to learn whatever new hobby it is this week and there's this delightful sequence where she's just kind of showing all the stuff that she knows how to do like juggling chainsaws and painting and (laughs) pinhole photography and unicycles and and just all this bizarre stuff and and throughout this is a thread of course that occurs throughout the the film and um eventually he tells her he's like an art he and his brother are art collectors and they're going to go on this cruise to pick up some art somewhere that's very expensive and so he he bids her adieu and he shows up at the port to meet his brother and his his kind of crazy asian sidekick who never speaks but is played by the woman from uh, pacific rim 
Her name is Bang Bang. Her name is Bang Bang <laughs> because she blows shit up. <laughs> she is like an explosive expert and she's hilarious. Even though she doesn't really have a word of dialogue. But he shows up and he's like, I don't know if I sold her on this. And all of a sudden she, you know, drives up in her Ferrari and like crashes it into something because she can't drive. And she <laughs> Which can is why it. you drive a Ferrari. Yeah. This Ferrari gets so I feel like so in every movie, trashed. like all Ferraris are wrecked. That is the well, whole purpose. In they, they wreck very impressively, honestly. It's, it's, it's like a status symbol yeah. of destroying dollars. That and, that and I think they have a fiberglass body. <laughs> Which means they crumple well. They do crumple. Yeah. They do crumple. Yeah. So anyway, you know, she she kind of buys her way onto the, the cruise ship and is like, well, that was easier than I expected. And, you know, they basically, you know, shuffle her off and they, they kind of make up this whole heist thing about stealing this ancient book. And then they were going to sell it to somebody and, and, and you know, the... You know, she was fronting the money, and then, you know, of course, that, that was the money that they were going to steal from her, and now hijinks ensue. And, <laughs> and, and it, it, it just goes bouncing along, and is, is this totally enjoyable, really funny, light movie. It has some darker stuff at the end, but, you know, it's mostly just kind of this. Comedy. Well, that's really it different from Brick contrast. and Looper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The other movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so. It's I, not totally fluffy. I mean, it gets a little darker at the end, but but still. But yeah, it's it's a romance. But it and, sounds more like a screwball comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which Very much I mean, so. let's be fair. Brick and Looper are not are not far from far from comedy, and yet it it. It's very much a Ryan Johnson movie because there is this style to it. Um, the the thing about all three of his movies is that there's a very there's very overt style applied, and um, there's a lot of personality to the way the movie is put together, in the verve and the energy of it. And I really do see a lot in common between Brothers Bloom and and Brick, especially just for the um, there's kind of this sense of humor that is like 10 degrees off about it <laughs> brothers bloom has that too Boop. yeah yeah we're gonna go over here yeah you know what's funny this this is funny it's weird but it's funny oh also hagrid's in um yeah because it's got bloom. it's i was gonna point out because i was yeah. looking oh, on IMDb. Hagrid's totally in it robbie robbie coltrane robbie maximilian coltrane. schnell yeah max max shell is in there and uh ricky j ricky j <laughs> oh, yeah also as always if it's a ryan johnson film who also is in there Noah Segan. That's right. <laughs> well, oh Noah Segan shows up for like 30 seconds. It doesn't matter still, if yeah. it's a Ryan Johnson film. Yeah. Noah's oh, in man. it. Noah's in it. Um, Noah also comes to Buttonamathon, mm -hmm. and I have seen him smoking cigarettes outside. Oh, yeah. But he, he scares me, so I don't go up to him. <laughs> No, he's totally nice too. But uh, I'm not dear... saying he's not nice. I'm just saying I'm intimidated. So I <laughs> him. Well, is it is it because his eyes are too close to his eyebrows or something like that? It's it's more that he puts off an air of look, dude. I'm just smoking a cigarette. And I'm uh, like, you know what? Cigarette yeah, time. Fair enough. I'm gonna leave you to it. Fair enough. I'm I might gather up the gumption this button I'm on. We'll see. Yeah, dear dear listeners, uh, No Segan is Kid Blue in Looper. <laughs> Speaking of 
Looper. Looper. We should move on to Looper since we have all seen Looper. We have all seen Looper. because <laughs> I've all yes. seen Looper. I just showed it to Kate last night. I was hoping to review it before doing this episode, and I actually have a DVD of it upstairs, and I never got to it. I never had time. To I see. rented, I own it on a on digital, mm-hmm. but since I was going to Kate's house, I had to rent it, which means, of course, I went to <gasps> Video Universe, the best video store in the universe mm-hmm. Here in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. Yay! Yay! We really should get them to sponsor our podcast. <laughs> I don't know if they have much money for sponsoring. And I'm not going to ask them for any because I want them to stay afloat because mm-hmm. I love them so much. Yes. All right. So, Looper. Once again, Joseph Gordon-Levitt! Yay! In his least attractive role ever. Well, it's because they kind of made him look a bit like Bruce Willis. They made not him look just, a lot. Not just a like, bit. Yeah. A lot, a lot. Uh, and you wouldn't have thought it was possible, but oh no. boy. They, but they, boy, is he not They put on his that. prosthetic nose, right? They, they fixed up his nose a bit. They did something with the eyebrows. And I feel like maybe something with the jaws. But then the he just... And I feel maybe they built up his lip a little bit, his, his lower, lower lip. lip. Yeah. But he just watched a fuck ton of Bruce Willis mannerisms. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. Because he yeah. squints and he furrows his brow and he tightens his lips. Yeah. He hides mm-hmm. his top lip. It's, it's and, the whole. Yeah. He is. Whole nine yards. I feel like Joseph Gordon Levitt. I feel like the Oscars should give out, not every year, but when it's appropriate, the You Did a Good Job Imitating Somebody Else Award. (laughs) (laughs) Best Impression Award. Yeah. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt should have been nominated for, holy shit, you did a good job being Bruce Willis. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it was, it's a lot easier for Joseph Gordon-Levitt to do Bruce Willis than for Bruce Willis to ever change who he is. Yeah, that's very true. Bruce Willis plays the same person in every movie. He, it, he's like a much. stock character. I think he has in the past done things that were slightly different. But that's he's fair. But given it up now. I'm fucking Bruce Willis. Boop. Right. I don't have to do anything I don't want to. I'm Bruce Willis. What I do is I show up and I'm Bruce Willis. <laughs> Much like I'm stoic. David Bowie. Mm-hmm. I move I'm st- my eyebrows around a little. Yeah. I, I shoot everything in my way. I crease my brow when I'm concerned, worried, or thoughtful. I don't say a whole lot. I don't. I'm like Freddie Prinze Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Plus I mean, 30 years. To, to be fair, when people go, hey, I want to hire Bruce Willis for this, they want Bruce Willis. Yeah. Right. They, they don't want Bruce Willis to play a role. They want <laughs> Bruce Willis. And I am not complaining. I enjoy the Bruce Willisness of Bruce Willis. Yes. All right. So Looper is a time travel movie. Yay! <laughs> I love those. They make my brain go, what? <laughs> uh, okay, wait. I need to pause this and think about what that means. Okay. Yeah, so so it the the concept is that well you have watched it more recently. Okay, than so I. the concept is thirty years in the future, and this is already in the future, it's like 20, 2044. 2044. Yeah. Okay. So thirty years in the future from there, so twenty seventy four, time travel will be invented and immediately outlawed because it's a problem. We are mm-hmm. we can we're that's gonna fuck shit up. Yep. So that just means that of course if it's outlawed, all the crime syndicates are gonna keep using it. So one of them sends back a dude in time, played by Jeff Daniels, 
to organize what are called loopers. And these are people who in the 30 years in the past, and I don't know why it's 30 years. Like, is that as far as the time travel reaches? We don't know. Uh, I can't remember. I, and I, I couldn't hear on cool ice TV. Yeah. <laughs> we had some te- technical difficulties. So 30 years in the past, which is the present for this movie, this person signs people up to be loopers. And what they do is they say, okay, I'm going to be uh, working for the mob up until the point where my contract is terminated. And then 30 years in the future, my contract will actually be terminated. So the way it works out is, they go out to a designated place that is their place at a designated time. They've gotten a little note, BT dubs be there on this day at this time. And a random person will show up and they will kill them and go dump the bodies because in the future, it's hard to dump bodies because of uh, technology. Mm -hmm. So we'll just send these people back to the past where they will be killed and disposed of neatly. So the crime syndicate is using this as a way to get rid of people who are problems. So they close the loop by sending back you. Mm-hmm. 30 years in the future, you. And you know th- you know that it's you because one of the- you get paid by silver that is attached to the body. But when you cut into... Like silver bars. Yeah, silver bars. Like little ingots that are strapped to their back. But when it's your loop, when it's you, they're gold bars. So you cut because they come through with a bag over their head. So you don't know who it is. So they cut open the back to get their money. And it's like, oh, it's gold bars. I just shot myself. I just shot myself. (laughs) And it's called closing the loop. Okay, fine. So now I've got my gold bars. And so now their contract is done and they can live out their lives for the next 30 years. However they want. Bearing in mind that in 30 years, they are going to get captured, sent back in time and killed by their younger self. It's very fucked up, but the script is great because it says, you know, this job doesn't attract the type of people that look far ahead. Right. Forward thinking people. (laughs) Forward thinking people, not us. Um, And so when the movie starts, here's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joe and he's killing people and getting his money and dosing, right? So he's he's a junkie, he's hooked on drugs, and he goes and he hangs out with a hooker. He likes the drugs, her a lot. So the drugs are intraocular. Yeah, which mm-hmm. fascinated right. my oh, PhD yeah. friend. She's like, huh, so, that's interesting. I actually I spent the whole drive over here thinking about this. <laughs> oh, bring it. Because so bring I have it. a degree in pharmacology. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I my degree actually studied drug abuse. So that's mm-hmm. what I just, you know, spent six years doing. And, you know, it, it took me a while because I was kind of thinking like, you know, okay, so, you know, intraocular administration of drugs. And what are the kinetics of this compared to the way that people take drugs now? Intravenously, so it gets into the right. bloodstream. Well, or so it gets... inhalation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason that drugs are addictive is because of the speed in which it reaches the brain which is why you want it to get into the bloodstream as fast as possible. So I'm thinking about that all the way over here going, well, you know, that's probably about the same as inhaling something. Why don't people do that now? You know, is is it like... Why oh, don't they you can't drop a, meth into your eyeballs? A, a sterile, you know, eyedropper? Like, what? what's the toxicity if you drop, you know, some sort of, you know, opiate, you know, heroin-based whatever into your eye? What happens? 
And like, I actually, I want to go home and look into this now. <laughs> so like at work, so you might have do. so you might have a fine racket in eyeball heroin, you right? Know, in the next year or so, right. okay. you get rich. If through shady means, I expect at least <laughs> a, a small not. cut. A small cut. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and all his buddies are using eye drop drugs to get high. They call, they call it dropping. Right. Right. And it's it's like some sort of, like, ecstasy. Yeah. Cause it's it, like a party drug. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a party drug. They get they get super amped up and they go out and they dance all night and, and have a good time. So they're living life very, very much in the present. But suddenly all of the loops start getting closed and his one of his buddies comes to him. He's like, "Uh, my loop came back, but I let him go because I'm a fuck up. And he told me that there's a there's a badass motherfucker in the future called the Rainmaker and he's closing all the loops. And I don't know what to do. Hide me. So they hide the present young version while the old version runs. And then they pull Joe in and Jeff Daniels is all like, you got to give him up. And I'm applying pressure in psychological ways until finally Joseph Gordon-Levitt Joe is like, yeah, he's in my vault. And so they go fetch him. Mm -hmm. And here's here's the creepy part. Also, this fuck up is played by... Paul Dano, who is also in yes. *Little Miss Sunshine*. Yes. yes, yes, right? Yes. yes. Okay. So here's the creepy part: watching it. If you and here's what you really need to think about is if you have the young version, you have control over the old version. Mm-hmm. So the old version is fine trying to run as long as the young version is free. But the minute that the young version is in the hands of the mob, they start mutilating him mm-hmm. so old version is trying to climb a fence and he notices a scar on his hand that's an arrow pointing up so he pulls back his sleeve and suddenly there is scars on his arm that weren't there before but that are 30 years old right that say you need to be here in 15 minutes and then as he keeps trying to climb suddenly he's he doesn't have a finger and mm-hmm. he doesn't have two fingers and he doesn't he doesn't have a nose and he doesn't have three fingers. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so then he gets back and he goes back down, climbs his car and he's driving as fast as he can to the meeting point to try to stop them. And then as he gets out of the car, as he's driving the car, he can't stop because one of his feet is missing. So he can't put the brakes on. <laughs> and then he gets out and as he's trying to walk, bits of him are slowly disappearing. And then he's crawling and then he can't even talk because his tongue is gone. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Until he, not, he bangs on the door with his stump and they open it up and you can look through and see an operating table mm-hmm. where they have clearly just been cutting parts off of young version of this until old version came in and they shot him. Mm -hmm. Now, here's what I don't know. Do they keep young version alive? I presume so. Because do they need him to live long enough to come back? That's the thing about time Mm. travel movies, man. Then I, I remembered there were so many think pieces. Yeah. After the, <laughs> after this movie came it's, out, it's really a movie because it it's very thoughtfully put together, and they do actually a really good job of addressing the time travel conundrums. Then Joe gets a note, and he goes out to kill a person, except that the person who shows up is him, but he doesn't have a bag on his head, and he looks up at him, right. and he manages to avoid. But young Joe totally goes to shoot him. 
Because mm-hmm. young Joe is like, uh, fuck you, this is my job, I'm going to shoot you. But old Joe turns around, so he shoots the gold bars in his back, and then takes out young Joe. He, throw, <laughs> he like, pew! And then, and then while young Joe is distracted, gets up, comes running at him, and punches the living shit out of him. Because the reality is that old Joe, played by... Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis would totally be able to take out young Joe played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> oh, he it's kn- true. He yeah. beats the shit out of him regularly yes. in this movie. Like, um, I think we all know who's the bigger The whole badass. time he's like, you dumb fuck. <laughs> Here's Everything what I- <laughs> that young Joe does. Oh, you asshole. Yeah. Now, what's fun is, so young- old Joe says, you need to run, just go. But young Joe is like, I'm not having enough of it. None, none of this. I know what my life is. My life is that I kill you and then my loop is closed and I live out my life happily for the next 30 years. Mm -hmm. So fuck you. Which is, you know, theoretically what old Joe has done up to this point. Old Joe up until this point, that's the life he lived is young Joe killed him, Mm -hmm. lived out his life and he looped back. So right at the point where he, I love this, where he knocks out young Joe. Then we see the life that old Joe lived, which is, he, kill, he closed the loop. He lived his life. He was a junkie. He ran out of money. He kept doing crime. But then he met a woman who saved him, got him clean from the drugs. They got married. They had a happy life. They wanted to have kids. They couldn't, blah, blah, blah. And then 30 years in the future, bad guys show up to do what they're going to do, which is send him back to kill him. And they accidentally kill his beloved wife. Mm-hmm. So when he goes back in time, before he goes back in time, he lays out everybody. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And then he goes back in time to complete the fuck you. <laughs> because while he was in the future, a friend of his called him the Rainmaker. This is the shit that's going down. This number is important. Write this number down. Keep it. And so he goes back in time and now he's looking up the number so he can find the Rainmaker when the Rainmaker is still a kid and take him out. Mm -hmm. So the Rainmaker can never kill his wife. So he can have the future that he wanted, except that when you really think about it, we're starting to loop so many times that I'm not sure that future is even possible anymore. Mm -hmm. So now that you know old Joe's past, which is young Joe's future, they meet up to talk. And young Joe's like, I don't want that. And old Joe's like, you're going to meet a woman. She's going to be awesome. Show me your picture. So when I see her, I can walk the other way. Fuck you. You have a, and old Joe, you've got a gun between your legs right now. Cause I know you, cause you're me. Cause I remember you <laughs> because anything you do, I remember because now it's my past. Mm-hmm. And they establish that like at different points, young Joe will do something and suddenly they'll flash to old Joe like, oh wait, what's he doing? Wait, now I remember doing that. Oh, now I know where he is. Yeah. So what did you think of this crazy-ass movie that took forever for me to describe? I apologize. I'm sorry, yeah. listeners, I'm, I'm, I babbled. I, I probably am going to edit cut, that it, cut it at some point <laughs> just so we don't spoil the entire movie for people yeah, who haven't you, seen it. Yeah, edit it. So what did you think? Because this no, is like her first time watching. Yeah. Oh, yes. No, yeah, I hadn't seen that before. So. Yeah. That was really good. Um, I, I like that it, it ties up the end and closing of the loopers storyline so i yeah i liked how that actually tied up yeah oh and emily blunt is totally a fucking badass yeah i was i was super excited to see her like not in makeup in like shitty scrubby clothes Mm -hmm. 
You know, I mean, she's wearing cutoffs and boots <laughs> for most of the story. And she's, she carries a shotgun around like she knows how axe. to use it. And an axe. Yeah. She's like... Fuck you. She's get like out of my really built too. Get off my farm. Yeah. Get off my farm. What I like is <laughs> the scene where she's laying in bed. It's Joe has been there a couple of days. And she's laying in bed and you can tell that it's been a while and she's like She reaches over cuz cuz she she touches her lips first. Yeah, she touches her lips. You can tell she's feeling a little she reaches over. They've they've rigged up sort of a communication like, I will set off this alarm if there's an emergency, if somebody mm-hmm. has come to the farm mm-hmm. who is a problem. She reaches over and touches it and then stands up, walks to the door of her bedroom and waits. And In her, young, like, pajama nighty thing. And young Joe, come. you can hear him come rushing up the stairs, come running, and he opens the door, runs into her room. He's like, what? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And she... J- just steps right into him and kisses him. <laughs> I'm like, that's a fucking booty call right there. Yep, like, yep. <laughs> come, come, <here>. come service me. <laughs> come here. There's also no hesitation from him. Nope, not at all. And what I love is she initiates it. He yeah. he walks into the room. What's wrong? She doesn't say a word. She doesn't try to excuse it. She doesn't try to have no. a conversation first. She's like, I'm going to kiss you right now. And if you're into it, this is what's going to happen. And it doesn't matter why. And, it, and we don't need to talk about it. I want to have sex. <laughs> I want to have sex with you. I'm going to kiss you. What do you think about that? Good. You're into it. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Game on. And I love that. It is when we talk about strong female characters, quote, quote, that is a fully actualized female character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I you know what I'm in the mood for? I'm in the mood for some sex. And there's a man out there who's attractive, who I'm pretty sure wouldn't say no. Let's find out. Beep. (laughs) Room service. Also, I think she's taller than he is. Probably. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like five foot nine. And she's... uh, She's tall. I think she's taller than I am. Probably. I don't care. That's good. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that that makes it better. (laughs) I, I like when movies admit women can be tall. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> or, it's, or it's like the... What? The I'm 5'8". Like... I'm not particularly tall. That's tall you know, to me. I know, I know to you I'm tall. Yeah. <laughs> Anything above 5'4 is very tall to me. It's true. <laughs> or any, any matchup where it's not like the petite woman and like the tall, strong, mm-hmm. burly dude. Yeah. You know? More like unusual matchups. I like that. I am down with that. Yeah. Okay, so I do not want to skip the the kid blue. <laughs> I am not a fuck up <laughs> in this movie because that was that was so funny. There's still a lot of comedy oh, thanks to Noah. Kid blue oh, is great. Oh my gosh, I, she was howling. Oh, she was howling yeah. at kid blue. Rightfully oh, my so. Gosh. That was good stuff. <laughs> I feel, I feel like he he represents someone we all know. <laughs> like everyone everyone knows that guy. Everyone has that friend. We just like, oh man, you fuck up everything so bad. And you keep trying. I mean, a for effort. <laughs> when he's sitting there twirling the gun and he fumbles it, he's like, "You're gonna shoot your foot off. <laughs> You're gonna shoot your 
other, other foot <laughs> off because he's already done it once. And then he stands up and the door hits him in the head. <laughs> and, and then, oh my God, and he fucks up in a million different ways. And finally, he succeeds in bringing in old Joe and he's standing there and he's got the gun to his head and he's like, who's the fuck up now? And then old Joe takes him out. <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, you are the fuck up. Still. But even then, he still gets up from that, right? Hops on, you know, the hover cycle thing. thing. Mm-hmm. You and, know, goes to, to meet, you know, young Joe who still takes him out. Totally. Continually. Like, Finally. Just, yeah. yeah. Let's be honest. Finally. But because old, because <laughs> Kid Blue brought old Joe into the headquarters and old Joe takes him out and then goes and gets a gun. Like, like a Quentin Tarantino style, like, oh, yeah. shoots everybody in the pl- <laughs> I mean, everything with a heartbeat in the warehouse. He kills everybody yeah and because then he even goes to young joe and he's like look i took care of it nobody's after you anymore just go away and let me kill this kid Mm -hmm. and what i really love about that final standoff is the realization that old joe wants young joe to leave but he can't do anything to him because it's him Mm -hmm. and if he hurts him in any way it's gonna be what he has to live with so in an normally in an adversarial relationship like that in this type of movie he would be shooting at young joe right but he can't but But he he can't can't. so he's got to be like please go i fixed it so you (laughs) could go if you could just go i would like that so i can kill this kid please <laughs> so it's it's a weird power dynamic because it's totally one-sided mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so old joe is like trying to take out his vehicle trying to blind him trying to you know get him out of the way long enough that he can accomplish his mission but the one thing he can't do is shoot him because <laughs> that ain't gonna turn out well it's so great what a, I love that idea. I wish there were, I wish there was another time travel movie who would take that idea and really play with it. Like, what if old version and young version were totally head to head and how that would play out of shit, I can't do anything to you. God damn it. <laughs> and young version's like, ha ha, I don't give a fuck what happens to you, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I would like it to take this movie and make it more explicit and more ridiculous. Let's make that movie. That would be very fun. <laughs> that would be very fun for me. Okay. So. I would like to, going back to the uh, Noah Segan bit. Yes. I would like to make a recommendation. Yes. Um, this is a movie by Ernesto Diaz Espinosa, who is the gentleman who made Santiago Violenta, Ooh. which Wendy knows because she's seen it. Um, I, I know uh, Espinoza from many of his low-budget Chilean movies that he has made. He makes and, a great soundtrack. Oh, oh God, he does. And uh, Redeemer is one of his movies from 2014, which stars Marco Zoror. And Marco Zoror and Espinosa are like uh, chocolate and peanut butter. They're beautiful things together. Marco Zoror is a martial artist who is amazing. But the thing about Redeemer is that they carted in Noah Segan to be the villain. <laughs> <laughs> and and they basically said do whatever 
<laughs> so so they gave no Segan a couple days and like a palatial estate to act around in and he i if i remember right he improvised a lot of it and he was just hired to be the asshole american bad dude <laughs> and it is amazing huh. <laughs> it is delightful it is very delightful you should yeah. put more of uh espinosa espinosa's film on my list oh i will oh Homophobia. my god it's super late for poor for poor kate yes okay so we should wrap it up let's wrap it up so these wrap have been up. the films of ryan johnson they are delightful things we like them brothers bloom is on netflix but yes. neither of the other two are so you know go rent them yeah. If you haven't seen them recently. All three of them are fairly easy to get your hands on. Very. Yeah. Especially mm -hmm. if you're near to Video Universe, the oh, yes. best video store in the universe. They, of course, have all of these movies just for you. And they even know where they are. Like, seriously, <laughs> I walked Total in. product placement. I, I walked in and I'm like. I could go search the aisles, but I'm not which sure, sure which aisle it's in. I'm like, uh, where's Looper? Oh, yeah, that's totally in recent hits. It's down here at the end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I love you guys. I love you so much. See, I like testing them. <laughs> you know, it's like, Do you have the king and the mockingbird? Oh, um, tap a tap a tap. No. <laughs> I love it because this is also the store. I love horror movies. And Chris and I walked in there and we were looking for something different. We were in the mood for horror, but we've seen a lot of horror. And so we stood there. We're like, mm, I don't know. Mm, we looked in front of the horror films. Mm, I don't know. And finally, one of them was like, what are you guys looking for? Horror. Okay. Do you want some recommendations? Yeah. Okay. We've kind of seen most of the typical stuff. Have you seen this yes have you seen this yes have you seen this totally huh have you seen your next well th this is before <laughs> your next and they're like have you seen the original texas chainsaw massacre no all right that's mm -hmm. what you need to watch no oh, okay and yeah. these are the type of guys in the type of video store where when they say that's what you need you go that's what i need <laughs> yes sir <laughs> i will rent that right now and it was so good. <laughs> have you seen it? It's, I think actually I might have seen that. It's so good. It's so creepy. They're currently laughing at me because every other Wednesday I'd come in and, and rent a bunch of Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> oh, God, you do? God. It's like, oh, you've got a theme going, don't you? <laughs> I, I see you have finished with Godzilla and now have moved to Nicolas Cage. Okay. It, it's true. <laughs> we'll tell you about that in a minute. All right. Let's uh, before we wrap this up. Um, Melissa, what's your pleasure dome recommendation for this Ooh, week? I've got one. I've got one. I've got one. Give me a moment. Give me a moment. I got to remember what it is. <laughs> oh, you know, I don't remember what my previous pleasure dome recommendations are. So the fat, sad fact is I might repeat myself because I don't remember. It's okay. We'll drink to it. I have a recommendation called every noise at once. Okay, what is this? Okay, everynoise.com. It is a website where you go to it, and it is a web page that contains this vast scatter plot of 1,300 some odd musical genres. And you can click one and hear a representative snippet of that kind of music. Huh. It could be gospel, it could be. Um, 
death metal. It could be Swedish death metal. It could be house. It could be uh, trance house, whatever. Um, huge array of musical genres. And if you click the arrow next to each genre, you get another scatter plot of several different uh, bands that uh, represent that style of music. And you can click each one and hear a representative snippet from that band and you can drill in and go to Spotify if you like what you hear. But there are other things you can do. Um, there's like a link that um, it says scan, where if whatever page you're on, it'll just start playing those clips at random. So it's like putting the radio on scan in a really bizarre part of the country because you can hear everything. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, and there, there's, um, there's all sorts of data smashing going on. If you scroll down to the bottom of the page, it's like, um, what are the representative sounds of each of these cities around the globe and all sorts of crazy stuff like that. It is... I lost a lot of time when looking at that website when I first found it. I, it's pretty great. Sounds excellent. I am looking up something currently... Because I'm blanking on it. Do you have a Pleasure Dome recommendation? Something yes. awesome? So mine is also a website. It's cenonion.blogspot.com. And it's a, a satire take on uh, CEN, which is Chemical and Engineering News, mm -hmm. which is a really well-respected sort of mass media scientific journal. Um, and it's a sort of a play on really dumb, typical shit that happens in scientific departments at a university. So one of the articles is ACS, which is American Chemical Society, announces new open access, grass-fed, free-range journal <laughs> as a play on the new sort of open access movement for scientific articles. Mm -hmm. Um there's another one. Lab demonstrators' basic competence appears as wizardry to first-year undergraduates. And they're all really, really well-written satire news articles. Mm -hmm. And some of them are just, they're, it's probably one of the funniest things I've ever read. And I spent probably two hours at work one day just <laughs> surfing through all of these nice. and I sent it to all my coworkers. And it, it makes fun of like OSHA guidelines <laughs> you know the first year grad student that comes in on a holiday and is totally by himself in the entire floor and makes fun of professors getting tenure everything that has to do with postdocs it's just it's really funny it's really well written Awesome. Yes. I approve. All right. My recommendation this week is Rock Sugar. Rock Sugar? Yes. Yay! Rock Sugar is the is the metal journey cover band where they do mashups of journey songs with with metal. So if you go onto YouTube and you search for don't stop the Sandman. What you will find is an <laughs> awesome great. hair metal band doing a mashup cover of Don't Stop Believing mixed with Enter the Sandman, and it is glorious. I, I would also like to note that the lead singer of Rock Sugar is Jess Harnell, who is a famous voice actor for cartoons. He yes <laughs> yes. Oh my God, Rock Sugar. 
when I first saw it, made my made my world infinitely better. Oh, God, and yeah. they have got more than just that. Don't Stop the Sandman is perhaps their biggest YouTube hit. Yeah. But you should go looking for the others because they're super great. Yeah, if you want to hear Wacko from the Warner Brothers and the Warner Sister from Animaniacs sing... Oh, wow. It's Wacko. Okay. It really is. <laughs> it's Wacko. It's Wacko singing Journey with Metallica. He's he's really great. <laughs> it's so great. That is excellent. so. That is my pleasure dome recommendation for the week. All right, uh, Melissa, <sighs> take us out. Oh my God, really? Oh, okay. Well, thank you, listeners. Uh, thank you for joining us on Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome and uh, enjoying hopefully our journey through the films of Ryan Johnson. I have been. Well, Melissa- you know what we didn't mention? I apologize for interrupting you. Do we all know what he's directing next? Oh, good point. Star Wars. Star Wars Episode 8. Yeah. Coming at you. So I've directed three films. I'm Ryan Johnson. Film number four will be Star Star Wars Wars Episode (laughs) 8. Holy fucking shit. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I just realized we'd left out that key piece of information. He's kind of a big deal. He's kind of a big deal. He's kind man. of a big deal now. He's totally going to do it, man. So I feel like we'll we'll be able to get answers out of him once we go up and not ask him anything about Star Wars. Yeah, if we go back to his old <laughs> stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Dude, I was a fan before it was cool. I'm totally a hipster Ryan Johnson fan. <laughs> so I want to ask you meticulous little questions about Brick, okay? All right, cool. Okay, no, seriously, I need to know about Looper, man. This is bugging me I, I might i might yeah i might be a little ocd about this what and just help me out and there's this point in brothers bloom yeah yeah <laughs> well, we, we got this we got this okay. okay okay so let's try it again okay <laughs> thank you dear listeners for joining us in xanadu cinema pleasure dome i have been melissa and this has been windy and we have been joined by kate who is our special guest star thank you for joining us kate Yay. oh thank you guys for having me yay yay it's always fun in the Pleasure Dome, man. It is. There's right. so much wine in the Pleasure Dome. The, the Pleasure Dome is full of pleasure. <laughs> and wine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Yo! Bye. Bye. I'm going to finish this. Mm. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at XanaduCinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. You want me to go all Terry Thomas on you? I could go all Terry Thomas on you. Terry Thomas. Terry Thomas. Hello. I'm Terry Thomas. It's required for me to make an appearance in every episode.